Oh, you moved it. I was going to, I was going to try to oh. do this. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I got a message this morning. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Bring it on. Wait a minute. I have to set my timer on my Apple Watch that my wife gave me for my birthday. Am I cool? Okay, thank you. I feel better now. Praise the Lord. Good to have everybody here this morning. And if you're watching us from live stream, good. Hallelujah. Keep on watching. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, I brought a message. I, I shared, was sharing in aware, the war room this morning uh, with my leadership. And what I do is, here's how I prepare for a message. I, I never know what I'm going to preach from one Sunday to the next. What I do, I go into prayer first. I seek the Lord. Uh, sometimes I'll listen to a, a, a message. Sometimes I'll, I'll read my Bible. Sometimes I'll do all, all the above. And when something jumps off the page, I'm, I'm going to get to the point this morning on, on this. When something jumps off the page or, or, or I hear something, I write it down. And in, um, and in that, what I believe God for and what I pray God for is to, uh, you know, to give instruction, give guidance, uh, give encouragement, whatever it takes uh, for our church here in Key West. And I've been doing this this way for 33 years. Um, uh, in Key West ministering. And then um, uh, uh, to get that word, what I believe God does in that, and this is how I've always done stuff. Uh, um, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Hammond, I, uh, my bishop, he said, he said, well, thanks. He says, he says, you, uh, he said, that's a prophetic anointing. He said, well, you do that, bring a prophetic word to the church. And I said, well, that's the only way I know how to prepare. I said, this is what I do. And we bring the message that God is speaking. So what I do is I'm, I come up with a title for my message, and the title uh, fits in somehow to what we're, what the whole theme of what God is saying. So this morning in the war room, I'm talking to the leadership, and I, brought, I, I keep all that recorded. I got a list of it. And I started just going through the different months and what God was saying in, in, in according to the titles, so just the title message of all my, uh, my messages. Uh, July was kind of a month that we were building our faith. Uh, August was kind of a month that we were <laughs> so I'm getting this from the titles. And in September, uh, it was it was God is is building up the church and trying to encourage the church. This month, I see where it's coming into faith and obedience, and now we're combating. Uh, so, but I'm seeing how how God progressively brought the church to where it's at. And this is, I was excited. Anyway, it, it, it turned out good and, and how I can see how the move of God is. So this way I do it. So this morning, uh, the title of my message, I'm going to, I'm not doing part one, part two. I haven't done series in quite a while. I've done them in the past, uh, but kind of since we went live stream, I, I don't do the part one, part two, because when they get on YouTube, they seem to get mixed up. <laughs> so you might listen to part four before you ever hear part one type of thing. So uh, I do a one-off on each, each message. But the theme uh, I'm doing this Sunday is kind of like we did last Sunday. Uh, uh, I'm going to give you some more information. I had about four pages of notes, which is normal for me, uh, just uh, talking points or different things I want to share, scripture mostly. And then uh, I noticed last week I got the two pages of, of the four. So I, I took 
the two pages that I didn't preach, I put them in, and God gave me some more stuff this week. I got another four pages. <laughs> so we'll just, just see how it works out this morning. Uh, but I wanted to share with you, I want to, uh, I want to in, in, encourage you. Basically, the title of my message this morning is Strengthened Faith Through Obedience. Now, I made this statement last week. I says, uh, you know, if you wanted to get more faith, you on your own, like oh, I'm going, I'm just going to believe God. I'm going to think my way to more faith, or I'm just going to, I'm just going to be determined. You couldn't do it. Matter of fact, Jesus said this. He said, He said, if you had the faith the size of the grain of mustard seed, you could say unto this mountain, Be thou removed. In other words, He said, there's a measure of faith as dealt to everybody. Faith comes from God. The Bible mentions faith as two things: it's a fruit and it's a gift. Are you here? All right, praise the Lord. So, uh, so, uh, but what I, I share, all let me, I, I mentioned that, so let me give you the scripture for that. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9 says, talks about faith as a gift. And Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 talks about, talks about faith as a fruit. So both things, fruits and gifts, is what we depend on God for. The faith that we generate for, there's, an obedience that goes with that. Now, I made this statement last week. I'll probably expound that again this week, that we can obey our way through obedience to greater faith. Now, my take on that is this. How many know that God has created, everybody in this room, everybody's walked by live stream, everybody has been created for a purpose by God. How many know they have a purpose in God? Doesn't matter, everybody born. Whether they ever fulfill it or ever find that out or not, the fact is God has a, has a purpose for every, for every being, for every soul. He really does. So in that, does it make sense that there's, a, there's a, an assignment that God has given us to go along with that purpose? Yes, sir. Amen? I, I listen to, 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 to people, theologians and stuff, and doctrines, and say, and, and there's, there's a doctrine called dispensationalism, where basically, well, uh, God isn't in, it usually comes around miracles, uh, God doesn't do miracles anymore. Uh, that went out with the last apostle. I don't know who the last apostle was because he's still making apostles today. But the fact is, 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 is you know, the, the thing is, is that's not biblically sound. It is certainly not biblically correct. You cannot find any indication of that whatsoever in the Bible. What you can find the indication is, is because we can't explain why certain things don't happen, we start writing our own doctrines. So because we can't see it or it didn't prove to us, then we go ahead and manage it the way we want to manage it. That has never been a, that has never been a thing uh, that God has approved of. The fact is, as Jesus said this, he says, he says you, in, the, in the Great Commission, he says, you preach the gospel to every living creature. Amen. He said, that assignment hasn't been canceled by anybody. Okay. Uh, then he said, he said to his disciples, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Cast out demons in my name and, 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 and they'll be set free. He said, this is what you do. No place in the scripture were those assignments ever canceled. And no man has the right or the authority or the power to cancel those assignments, whether you are not any good at it or not. <laughs> well, I've laid hands on 100 people. Nobody got healed. Tough. It still doesn't cancel the assignment, because we don't prove or disprove God's word. God's word stands on its own. You understand that? So when God gives us a command that's attached to our purpose, 
Is it not our duty and, our, and part of our faith walk with God and our relationship with him to carry out what he says regardless of how inconvenient it is for us? Matter of fact, I can almost guarantee you most of the time it's going to be inconvenient. <laughs> God doesn't work his plan around our convenience, but no, he works his plan of what he purposed for our life and puts that purpose in there. Well, I don't have the ability to do that. God didn't care about that either. Did the disciples have the ability to feed the 5,000? Did they have the means? Well, you see, if we have enough money and if we have enough time, maybe we'll get around to doing that. The disciples didn't have any choice. They said, well, we're going to send them away. That's our plan. And Jesus said, no, send them away. He says, feed them. He says, we don't have, we, you feed them. But, 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 no, you feed them. With what? He says, what do you have? It's not enough. It's five loaves, two fishes. It's not enough to feed 5,000. And that was men, by the way. That wasn't counting, the, the scripture wasn't counting the women and children there. There could have been as many as 10 to 15,000 people sitting there that needed to be fed. Now, have you ever been to a fellowship? <laughs> if I mention lunch right now, you're looking at your watch. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, that's it. So the thing is, is he says, you do it. How many know that most everything God has us to do is impossible? Amen. When I built this, because I give you the testimonies before, when I built a daycare and different things like this, God in 1997 spoke to me about a daycare. We, had, we, were, we were borrowing a building to just have church and build a daycare and different things. like. That. I didn't know what a daycare was supposed to do. I had to go and learn all that stuff, and we put it at Lighthouse Christian Academy, and this is what we did. And God opened up the building. He opened up the means. He gave us the idea. But we had to be about doing it. And I remember one, one time I just sitting in my office, and I was, I was in debt. I said, how am I supposed to get out of the debt? I was, you know, I had my, not, my name signed to everything. Okay? I, in other words, if these bills weren't paid, they're coming for me, not you. <laughs> and I was sitting there. And the guy walked into my, my office. He says, Pastor, can I talk to you? I says, I says well, sure. He says, well, he says, he says I got a, 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 an offer, a, a business deal for you that, that you might be interested in. I says, no, get out of my office. I says, I'm right now, uh, you know, I'm running two corporations and all this other stuff and trying to get all this stuff together. No, he says, and what it turned out to be, long story short, it turned out to be one of the biggest blessings. And God was given us a means to come in. What if I had been bullheaded and say, no, I'm not going to do that? I would have missed out. This would not be here because it was going under. This would not be here. I would be standing now believing that my God has failed me and that we're all doomed simply because of a lack of obedience or an awareness of him with an idea that seems so absurd at the time. How absurd is it to feed 15,000 people with a couple of fish? Okay? Right? Everything that Jesus had for his disciples to do was impossible for his disciples to do. That did not free them of the assignment because it seemed impossible for them because God wasn't asking them to do it by themselves. He's asking them to include him. 
Praise the Lord. When I first came here in 1990 in, in Key West, they would have told you it's impossible for a minister to stay here 30 years. I've been here 33 years. I'm going for the record. Are you here? Why? It's not, it's not, it's not, it, how hard is it to just do what God says to do? It's just obedience. There had, been a, there had to be hundreds of times where this thing, oh, this is going under. This ain't never going to make it. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. And then God, all of a sudden, 11th hour would come through. He didn't ask me to do it because it was possible for me. He asked me to do it because it was impossible for me to do. <laughs> Are you here? I'll pray. Praise the Lord. You good so far? All right. Uh, I, I, I shared 1 Corinthians as a gift and a fruit. What was God doing? In that assignment, he was building up my faith. Uh, amen? Now, here's some way, if you want to develop your faith, there is a way of developing your faith according to the scriptures, and that's to use it. How many has ever been to a gym? Oh, he's going to bring that up again, isn't he? How many has ever worked out? How many know the more you exercise a muscle, the better, stronger it gets? Okay, well, let's call faith a muscle. I don't know. I haven't heard that before. Praise the Lord. Another thing about faith, before I get into the obedience part of the message, faith comes from surrender, not striving. <laughs> it comes from a surrender, not striving. It's the product of yielding to the Word of God and the Spirit of God and, it, and the encounters that He takes us through so that, we can, so that we can think and see differently. Praise the Lord. It's a surrender. What we do as far as our faith is we surrender to God to the things that He wants. Here's the tough part. Many Christians don't want to do that. All we're doing is we're coming to church, we're getting our salvation so we don't have to go to hell when we die. I know because I used to be that way. Okay? Then all of a sudden I had this encounter with God. I surrendered to the position, to the purpose that he wanted me for, and all of a sudden everything began to change. I no longer cared about dying or preparing myself for death but I found out that when I, when I was, was preparing, I was preparing for life. I was preparing to live. All of a sudden, my marriage that I had uh, with my wife became, became very, very important to me. Why? Because as a love of God flowing through me, how could anything be less going to her? Amen? And by the way, the man in the household, I don't care, you can believe social media what you want. The man in the household is anointed by God and gifted by God to set the motion of the household. Amen. Are you here? The devil knew what he was doing when he was making fatherless generations. He knew exactly what he was doing and he knew he could weaken his entire society by doing that because it wasn't God's plan and how he created it. Some of the messages don't get off the mark. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, if you want to read in your Bible this morning. Hebrews 11, says, uh, 11 6 says this. I'm going to be reading uh, a couple of things, but uh, Hebrews 11, 6 probably just seals it. Okay, if we if we're ever want to please God or be pleasing His sight, it says this is so without, that means a separation or apart from. Without faith, uh, that's a, a belief or a strong or a firm persuasion is as strong as a Bible dictionary puts it. Without faith, it is impossible to please him, talking about God, of course, 
For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder. Look at this. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He's not a rewarder of those that casually visit his house. He's not a rewarder of those that don't want anything to do with him whatsoever. He's a rewarder of those that diligently, diligently seek. Now, I looked up that word in the Greek, diligently seek, because I want to make sure I got the right, got the thing right. And it means this. It means to investigate, to crave, to worship, to inquire, to seek after carefully him. I'll say that again. I say, so, so to diligently seek. So what does it mean to diligently seek? Okay, here's what the word means in the Greek. It means to investigate, to crave, to worship, to inquire, to seek after carefully. And I noticed in my life when I did that, back years ago I did that, that God was there all the time. I didn't have to go look for him, search for him. I didn't have to uh, pray him down to my level. All I noticed, all I had to do was just lean in. He was there the whole time. And I began to get an awareness of, uh, and a revelation of how he has helped me through all this time. And I didn't even know he was there. I didn't recognize his presence. I should put it that way. I knew he was there, but I didn't recognize his presence. But when I learned how to lean in, and I, instead of trying to get more faith and trying to cur get courage and build myself up in, in, in faith and basically uh, try to do this on my own, I just surrendered. I said, okay, Lord, whatever it is, you know, just tell me. I'll, I'll do it. If you want to write it in the sky, write it in the sky, press it upon my heart, whatever it was to do. That, that time I was up in Michigan, and uh, he said, he says, he says, Grace, I want you to move. I want you to move to Florida. Everybody, we just bought a house. Yeah, everything. So I told my wife, and she wasn't happy. I says, okay, now, Lord, you have caused strife in my household. <laughs> he says, no more than you've caused by not doing what I'm telling you. <clears throat> ah, hallelujah. <laughs> I'll save that for another time. Praise the Lord. I'm, gonna, I'm seeing I'm digging a hole that I'm going to have to climb out of. But praise the Lord. Amen. And so we begin, we begin this journey of going with the Lord by faith. And we tell people. Matter of fact, I says, we have to leave, period. Uh, I had my house under contract. We had it under contract. And I said, but all our belongings, is, we didn't have money. Even the sale of the house, we just basically paid off what we owed on it. Uh, but as far as, uh, we didn't have money for a U-Haul. So I said, all this furniture, we're gonna have to, it's going to have to go. Whatever we can fit in the back of our pickup truck, you know, in, 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 in the boat that I was towing, uh, Florida. I said, that's about all we have. Everything we own was in the back of that truck, uh, uh, you know, pickup truck. I said, we're going to get a new start. And we gave away our furniture, our, everything was, was nailed down. We gave it to other people, whoever in the neighborhood wanted it. It was like a scavenger hunt when they came to my house. <laughs> said, oh, I could use this, and, and, and so on and so forth. And, uh, and we, we took off. And it seemed like the most foolish act that we could have possibly done. We got to Florida, and of course, my parents were here, and they helped us out with different things. But uh, I got in looking for a church to get into that, was, that could feed me with the faith that was needed to carry on with a purpose and to show me purpose. Well, there wasn't a whole lot of churches uh, in Pompano Beach, Florida at the time, uh, this is back in the 80s, that were interested in helping you out. 
they would preach to you. They would, you know. And of course, this is a scripture everybody uses. I want to get into this because I shared this with the men's the men's group uh, last week. But I want to I want to share it again because some people miss this if you don't if you don't understand it. Romans chapter ten verse seventeen. It's a popular scripture. Everybody should know it by heart. But I'll, let's let's go ahead and read it. I'll read out of the New King James version. It says the same basically in all the versions. But Romans ten seventeen says so. When faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Right? So if we just listen to more preaching, as long as it's word-based, we should increase faith. If we should put tape record, well, I don't use tapes anymore, but if we got the digital thing on our Apple Watch and iPhone, <laughs> and we listen to... Uh, the word being read, we have an app. You go, to, you go to our app, and you can download a Bible that will read to you. We still have that, right, Jennifer? Okay, and you can just go ahead and put in the scripture verse, and it will read to you. And it will, you don't have to do nothing. You can drive down in the car, read to you. And you can go to sleep at night with headphones on, and that thing will read to you. And by the time you wake up in the morning, you'll have the faith of Smith Wigglesworth, right? <laughs> Wrong. you got to be kidding me. I've been in church all my life listening to the word. What increases your faith is what the scripture says. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So we think this is the only word of God we have. This is the Logos word, but in other words, the Greek is rhema. Let's read it again. So faith comes by hearing. Let's stop right there for a minute. We know our faith comes by hearing. So we got the hearing part down. Hearing by the word of God. Did you catch that? In other words, let me, well, let me make it simple for you. Faith becomes the, the evidence of a current relationship that we have hearing from God. The ability to hear God comes from his word. I'll get to that in a minute. The ability to hear better comes from reading, understanding scripture, which increases our capacity to hear but it isn't the reading of the scripture or somebody reading scripture to us of just hearing scripture being read. It's in that scripture when it jumps off the page, all of a sudden God hits us. That's the hearing of his voice that Paul was talking about to the Romans. No, our faith is magnified when we hear God's voice through the reading, through whatever we're doing. Uh, we could be driving down the road. We're hearing the word. The reading of the scriptures, okay, helps us to identify his voice with all the other voices that are out there running through your head. <laughs> Hope not too many. Praise the Lord. We'll have a prayer for that. Praise the Lord. Amen? So faith comes by hearing. That's exactly correct. And hearing by the word of God as God speaks. Another scripture? Okay, I'll give you another scripture. Somebody says, well, I need more than that, Pastor. Okay. How about what Jesus said? Will you take the word of Jesus? Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Remember, he was in the wilderness and he was talking to the devil. The devil says, well, if you be the son of God, you know, do this, do that. And Jesus said, listen, oh, he said, oh, no. He said, you see these rocks? You're hungry, right? 40 days. Go ahead, turn these rocks into loaves of bread. If you're the son of God, you can turn these rocks into loaves of bread. It isn't about proving what he could do for the devil. Otherwise, that would make him subjective to the devil's commands. Stop listening to the stinking devil. You got his voice down all right. We all do. I'm not preaching at you. I'm talking to myself too. 
Jesus answered and said this, it is written, where he's talking about where it's written is in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. He said, it is written, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We're alive today because God speaks. And that's the truth of it. Jesus himself said that. Bread, well, bread, yeah, bread and the biscuits and the, and the other stuff that we eat and, the, you know, and, and the, the pastries and the, the pizzas and all the other stuff we eat. That's good. But we don't live by that alone. That's for the physical body. But what we, are, we are alive and we can actually exist because God is speaking into our life. The difference is we just need to learn how to hear it. That's what he said. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone. So if he doesn't live by bread alone, what does he live by? Jesus answers it. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And it's, it was way back in Deuteronomy that he's quoting Deuteronomy. But when he said that. So in other words, I'm not subject to what the devil is trying to test me to do or tempt me into doing. I'm subject by what the word of God is telling me to do. God didn't tell Jesus to go ahead and do whatever the devil wants to prove who you are. If you have to prove who you are, you have an identity crisis. Jesus didn't have an identity crisis. He knew exactly who he was, and he didn't care who else thought about it. Amen? Oh, praise the Lord. This is pretty good. All right. James chapter 2, verse 17 says this, Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works or corresponding actions, is dead faith. So let's get this all straight. So, Pastor, we read this word because it helps us to hear the word of God is spoken into us, that same word that's keeping us alive on the planet. You got it. Okay? And as we hear the word of God, that's what's building our faith, exactly. And he's telling us what we're commissioned and what we're purposed to do. That's one of the things he tells us. Another thing God will tell us, he'll encourage us. Don't worry about what people say. I still love you. That's all that matters. I still love you. So what happens is, I don't know what kind of household you grew up in, but if mom and dad uh, come over to the kids and said, you know, we really love you, that demanded a response. If not, you better duck. <laughs> because a lesson was coming. <laughs> it and we're supposed to respond and, yeah, mom and dad, we love you too. How many know what I'm talking about? Okay. You didn't ignore and you weren't silent on the matter. <laughs> it demanded your response. Can I suggest to you this morning that God is still waiting for a response from some of us? Are you responding to what he's saying? Respond. God says, I love you. I sent my son. He says, you're part of me. You're part of my kingdom. Yes, Father, we love you too. And we thank you for that, being part of your kingdom right here on earth. And we thank you, Lord. That's what, what happened. What did we just do? We just started worshiping. What's happening to our faith as we worship him? And as we're sincere about this, when we begin to worship him, something builds on the inside and becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. I know this seems basic and seems elementary, but not basic enough for some people. Amen? Not elementary enough for some, but maybe revelatory for those that have been walking like me in the faith for quite a while. There's a new revelation coming. Why? 
because this faith with obedience is absolutely demanded by God. But when, it's the, when it is fulfilled, we are the beneficiaries. Are you here? God needs nothing from us. He is a deity. He has no lacks or deficiencies whatsoever. So he needs nothing from us. Okay? But he knows that the way we are created, he breathed into Adam and made him a living soul. That living soul gets his feeding and gets his survival of the, by the word of God being spoken into us. We respond to that word being spoken into us. Now God can strengthen us. You understand? Praise the Lord. All right. Well, I'll just saying, yeah. uh, it gets better because as I further study this, what if I made this statement? It's going to sound absurd, but bear with me. Y'all love me. This is Pastor Appreciation Month. <laughs> Let me remind you before I go into this next thing, okay? Okay. Pa this is Pastor Appreciation. We appreciate you, Pastor. <laughs> All right. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I'll work on the enthusiasm. Hallelujah. All right. True faith gives us access to a greater point of intelligence. <laughs> you got a sketcher for that, Pastor? I could just hear it. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. Here's, here's my statement. True faith gives us access to a greater point of intelligence. I do not believe because I understand. I understand because I believe. Now, you want the scripture? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 says this, By faith we understand. Now, if you take anybody with a brain, uh, genius or whatever, uh, the Albert Einsteins of the group, what were they seeking with their theories? They had the knowledge. So they put out a theory like, uh, Einstein's was a theory, theory of relativity. What is he looking for? He's looking for somebody to come up to, uh, to, to come up with the, uh, the same theory or a different theory or whatever. But it's theory. You understand what a theory is? It's not fact until it happens. So it's theory of what could happen, if possibly if this aligns or this aligns, this aligns. So they're looking for not more knowledge. They got the knowledge to, to come up with the theory. What they're looking for is understanding. And Albert Einstein was a believer in God. <laughs> if you want to mix those two together, study that one out. <laughs> Amen? So what happens, every the, uh, the, uh, theology, not theologist, that's a different theory, but everyone, every uh, scientist comes up with a scientific theory, okay, He's looking for an understanding of that because with the understanding comes application. <laughs> you got that. With understanding comes application. This is what they think. But the fact is, is, is but Hebrews 11 says, no, by faith we understand. Listen to what it is. I'll read the rest of the verse. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that we get that, we have that down. We, we, don't, we weren't there when it happened. We didn't see it with our own two eyes. This is faith. By faith, I believe this is true. So the things that we're seeing were not made with things which are visible. That comes first. Understanding comes later. Here's the problem with the church today. One of the problems with the church today is it has a hard time living with mystery. 
But we're supposed to live with a certain amount of mystery in our lives. Let's face it. I'll go back to the feeding the 5,000 again. Even after it happened, they didn't know how it happened. So Jesus did it again with the 7,000 or the 4,000. And he went on and on and he did it again. Not only that, they had meals left over. What was the leftover baskets for? Twelve of them, one for each disciple. What was it left over for? Three days rations. In other words, what they didn't even understand of today, God already had the future planned out. He already had the provision for the future. I got thinking about this. I said, you know, I, I was overwhelmed by the cost and the money and stuff we put out for this place here when we first built it. 24 years ago, Jennifer, 24 years ago, we, we, we were in this building. And I, and I was over there. God already had the end before the beginning. He already had the rations. It didn't matter what happened here. It was his plan. He already had the, 12, the basket set aside for, for so many days' rations. Are you here? God's already got it covered. But I have to do step one before I can get to the future if I'm short in this realm today, I have nothing stored away for the future because I didn't listen to God today. He doesn't have my future either. Now we begin to think we're prophesying. See, I told you it was a good work. <laughs> no, it wasn't because basically what happens, you're trying to put understanding before faith. Amen. Well, I don't understand. Isn't that the first thing we say when we, don't, when we get into a city? Well, I don't understand. But do you have faith that God can get you through the thing that you don't understand? Yeah, believe that and act on that. I'll get to the acting part in a minute. I got to see him. I'm good. Hallelujah. Amen. Says so. <laughs> so, but so so here we go. So what do we, how do we get into it? A lot of people do not go that way. They say, "Well, I must have missed something. I must have missed God." What you're actually saying is not your fault you miss God. You're blaming God for not ministering what you wanted to see. Now, please, don't get all upset. I'm talking to me, too. We all walk the same walk. And, boy, I, I've got experience in this area. <laughs> well, I don't know why call me to do this. I don't know why i got to be here. I mean, do this. I mean, and I've even muttered and walked away. And God says, is that a prayer, is that a praise, or is that a worship? I said, it's neither. It's complaining. He says, you know, every complaint has a reason. Has a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a reason for complaining. But he says, you know what it does for me? It doesn't get you anywhere. He says, your complaining is stopping you from the next thing I want to show is a miracle. You're complaining about what you cannot see, God says, I'm trying to get you to look at what is. He isn't calling it what is. He knows what's going to happen. He knows the future. But I'm living here in this place by the, by the physical, and, and I'm trying to make understand. I don't, I don't get this. God says, you don't have to get it. You just have to move in it. <laughs> he says, trust me for the next. Proverbs 28.5 says this. Evil men do not understand justice. Oh, boy. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hear this, Washington. Oh, sorry. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Evil men do not understand justice, 
but he who seeks the Lord understands all. This isn't even New Testament. This is back in Old Testament for Jesus did what he did and you're pouring out the whole thing. It's all for that. All right, praise the Lord. Hmm. Jesus gives an example of the sower and a seed. And I noticed in that example in Mark chapter 4, the problem never existed in the seed. The problem is always the soil. Okay, you can read the same parable in Matthew, but the fact is the same thing. The seed, which what Jesus said to his disciples, he said, explain this parable to us. He says, okay, the sower sows the seed. Seed is the word. Some of the word falls by the wayside, be trampled underfoot, some of it falls on hard ground. So you know the whole, whole thing. But some of the seed falls on good ground. The seed is the same. Amen. The word of God doesn't change. Amen. It doesn't become bad seed. It just becomes seed that hasn't taken root. But that's not the seed's fault. Amen. That's the soil's fault. Right. Who's the soil? Oh, we are. How <laughs> about you? I'm good soil. <laughs> good soil. Yeah, good soil here. God says, well, I remember a time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we all got them. I remember a time. Hallelujah. Amen. This is something that's befuddled me for a long time. Mark chapter 10. Me and my other app here back so I can see it. Okay, there we go. Mark chapter 10, verse 51, it says this. So Jesus answered, said, oh, let me, let me, I'm going, I'm going to, to let, let me go ahead and introduce this and I'll give, get to the good part. You remember the centurion that came up to Jesus and he had, a, he had a servant at home that was sick. You remember that story? This is where I'm picking it up at. And, um, and uh, he said, to, he says, he's, he's begging the guy, uh, um, he said, would you come, begging Jesus, he said, would you come, or no, would you, would you, my servants, here? and Jesus said, I'll come to his house. Now we pick it up in, uh, in verse um, 51. Jesus answered him and said, uh, what do you want me to do for you? The blind, uh, oh, wait a minute, I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong one here. I'm giving you the wrong scripture. No wonder you're, no wonder you're lost. Praise the Lord. Matthew 8, I'm sorry. Now when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him. Now we're on the right page. Uh, um, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. And verse 8 said, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak the word and my servant will be healed. And then in verse 10, I jumped down to verse 10. Then when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said, I've, surely I said, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Now, wait a minute. His house was so dirty that he couldn't come in to visit him. In other words, you know what goes on in Roman centurion's house? All kinds of debauchery. All kinds of stuff. In other words, my house is not fit for like you. But he says, I'm a man of authority. He says, I know you. All you have to do is speak the word. So what did the guy had? The guy had going for him. He said, I understand the principles of the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus called that understanding of the principles of heaven faith. He says, such great faith I have not found, not even in Israel. And all the guy had was an understanding of authority, how the kingdom of God works. 
He was not cleaned up in his house. He was not cleaned up in his situation anyway. He wasn't the perfect saint that was walking in and needed something from the Lord. He was quite the opposite. He was a Roman centurion. There's all kinds of debauchery went on in a Roman centurion's home. A centurion was, um, to give you an example, a centurion was a, a commander of 100 men. So he was a commander over 100 men. So he knows authority. He doesn't do anything. He commands and the men do everything. So he said, so Jesus, you don't, you know, my house is not fit for you to come in, but if you speak the word, my servant will be healed. I am a man under authority. I understand how this works. And that understanding, Jesus called great faith. The understanding of how the kingdom works and is willing to submit to that part of the kingdom working. Jesus says, okay, he says, it's done. Did you notice this? This is what I started to go, I had to reverse this morning. But did you notice this? That when Jesus walks up to an affliction, he didn't do the same thing each time. For instance, I, I, for sake of time, I'll just go ahead and, and, and give you, if you want to study, uh, I'm going to read Mark chapter 10, 51, 52, and then uh, John chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. I, for sake of time, I'll just share the story. Two different men, both of them had the same affliction, both of them were blind. Okay, you got this, right? I taught, I think a couple of weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, I taught on blind Bartimaeus. He cried out to Jesus, Jesus Son of David. Now, when they say Son of David in the scriptures, he's talking Messiah. And this is why they don't like it. The, the religious people don't like them calling him the Son of David and all this other stuff. But Jesus was the Messiah. So he's saying, Messiah, have mercy upon me. Messiah, have mercy upon me. And he's saying, he can't see. He's blind. Both men are blind. But isn't it amazing that the blind man could see better than the ones that could see when it came to Jesus? They couldn't, the, the, the Pharisees who studied the word, they couldn't, they couldn't make heads or tails out of uh, who Jesus was. They didn't see him as a Messiah. But here's a blind man who wasn't even uh, uh, literate in, in, the, in the law, saw Jesus, the son of David, you're the Messiah. And D Jesus said to him, he said, bring him to me. When, and when he got up, his coat fell to the ground. But when he come over, he says, uh, he's thoroughly expecting. And he said, Jesus, what do you want me to do for, for you? Well, wouldn't it be obvious? It's obvious to God. Of course it's obvious. But mouth the words. Don't be such a knucklehead. <laughs> you know, I'm, well, praise the Lord. Mouth the words. He said, that my sight would be returned. Jesus could have done anything for him. Maybe you like being blind. I'll do something else. I got a pain in my foot. Okay, heal. Go ahead and walk away. And you're still blind. You know, so no. He said, specific, what do you want me to do for you? He said, I'm going to receive my sight. And Jesus says this, he said, according to your faith, be done unto you. Now he, he's going along, he's going along, and he comes up to this other guy in John chapter 9. And this guy has been blind from birth. Blind man, two blind men. He comes up to this blind man, and now you think he would do the same thing, but he doesn't. What he does is he tells, Jesus says to the blind man, he says, um, uh, he, he, he takes, first of all, uh, in verse 6, he says, uh, um, He's, he spat on the ground, and he made clay with saliva, okay? And <laughs> he anointed the eyes of the blind with clay. Remember that? So he spits on the ground, uses the moisture from his spit, and he puts mud on the guy's eyes from the spit. Then he tells the guy, then he says to him, go wash in a pool of shalom. Am I the only one that sees it? He's blind. How do you find the pool of shalom? 
impossible unless he feels his way. Maybe he's got, I don't know, is there braille stones that he can find himself all the way to the, to the Sea of Shalom? So what he's asked, now he's asked him to do something. Why didn't Jesus just go ahead and lay hands on him and heal him? That's how we would say, well, Jesus, just heal me right now. I'm in church now. Jesus doesn't operate by our commands and miracles. But instead, there was an obedience with this guy that had to be met. He didn't require an obedience. Now, when, with the blind Bartimaeus, the obedience he required was from his disciples. Go bring him to me. That's obedience. But with, with this guy, he said, no. He said, now, now, this guy, he required, you go wash off. And then it, this is the part that I like. He says, so he went and he washed and he came back seeing. To indicate he didn't see on his way to the pool of Shalom, he saw on his way back from the pool of Shalom, how did he find a pool? And I don't know if you've ever been in Israel, but it's up and down rocks and hills and all this other stuff. It is not flat ground like Key West. Amen. It is up. So this guy had a struggle to get to the place, but Jesus said, if I can just go ahead and wash off, my sight will be returned. And sure enough, and he was blind from birth. A woman comes up and touches the hem of Jesus' garment, and she becomes healed because she said within herself. Why did she say within herself? Who told her to say within herself? This woman was a daughter of Abraham. That's what Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. As a daughter, when he used the word daughter, that means she had an Abrahamic covenant on her life that also covers healing. Amen? Amen? So there was different approaches. The approaches, why? Because all the approaches that Jesus was giving us, he was telling us this is an obedience to this thing. In other words, the obedience is what brought it to pass. The obedience of going to the pool. It was still God doing the healing, but it was the obedience. Praise the Lord. I'm out of time. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. How many got something out of the word this morning? All right. Praise the Lord. I'll give you two. I didn't, again, I didn't get, get to all my notes this morning, but uh, uh, the thing is, is, is um, the fact is, this thing, faith by obedience, I still see it. This man, there's no indication that he, could, that he had the faith to see again when he was blind from birth. No indication at all. But all he was doing is following instruction. How many know when he came back from that pool, there was faith for healing for blind? Why? The faith that he had to, to uh, the obedience in that faith led to a greater faith in the next thing. I would be surprised if this guy started a ministry. You know, I'm going to lay hands on blind people and tell them my testimony. Amen? Set up a tent meeting someplace. And <laughs> Praise the Lord. Are you here? Amen. So, so I mean, uh, there's a connection with the obedience of what God is telling us to do. And... Uh, uh, I've, I've listened to my colleagues and stuff mutter in the corner sometimes of the success of Lighthouse Christian Academy and Covenant Word Church. And, um, and they, they just, they, well, one fella come up and he says, well, it's a, they have a daycare. That's what, that's what saves them is the daycare. If I put my faith in daycares, um, let's say the Baptist Church closed theirs down, the, the uh, Assembly of God closed theirs down, uh, um, you know, Wesley House is hanging in there by a thread. 
but you know, the daycares are closing all around Key West, and we're staying open. Amen. Why? Because it isn't my wish or my will. It's what God has planned here from the beginning. And it'll be over when he says it's over, not when I said it over. If things get done because I say so, then it's me being Lord, not him. Are you here? Praise the Lord. People go from conference to conference. They jump from church to church. They go all over the place. Why? Because they want one thing. More Jesus? No. More faith? No. Knowledge. They want to know more. They want to look for the next guy who's got the greater revelation than this, and I'll put that revelation to this. And by hearing the word, I'll become stronger in faith. Faith comes by hearing, but the voice of God, not just somebody reading scripture. Amen? And boy, when a preacher gets in a room full of people like that, they just want to, I'm just, listen. go ahead, preach, preach it, Pastor. I want you to hear God speak this morning. And I'll tell you what, you will have a hoedown meeting. It will, you will not believe what will happen because when faith is arisen in here, not just a, a, a place to come uh, to sit down for uh, an hour or two hours. The thing is, is the, uh, once a week, whoopee. But the fact is, is when we come in for a purpose, and that's what I'm trying to build the church to, let's come in for a purpose. Doesn't take many. Three men in the, in, in the book of Acts upset the entire city of Jerusalem. Just three men. God doesn't look at numbers the way we do. Success in ministry, you look in the Bible, success in ministry wasn't because of numbers. Do you remember that group I told you about could have been 15,000 strong? Do you know in the book of John chapter 6 that they walked all around the Sea of Galilee and came over to where Jesus was at? And Jesus rebuked him. He says, you're not here for the miracles. You're not here to hear. You're here for a free meal. That's a paraphrase, but this big was. And they laughed him. They laughed. Can you imagine? Jesus' church building method. 15,000 people walk away from your meeting. Never to follow you again, the Bible says in John chapter 6. And Jesus turns to the 12 and says, you guys going too? <laughs> we don't see that. No, more the bigger, the more successful. No, the obedience is where the success is. When we obey God and what He's done and what He did, and forget about the numbers, forget about everything else, just do what He says to do when He says to do it. Let me tell you something: to be shouting and screaming in heaven, they'll love it. Somebody who obeys. One man, one man in his whole family, but one man heard from God in the whole entire world and said he said it was going to rain. They didn't even know what rain was. He said, build a boat. Didn't even know he was a carpenter. And a hundred years he works on that boat and people are laughing and mocking him. Guess what? Noah proved the whole world to be wrong. The whole world to be wrong. And God's voice, that voice he heard from God to be absolutely correct. His family had to even doubt it at one point. And number eight in the Bible, the number eight became the number of new beginnings, if you're in the numerology. Why? Because it was eight saved by the ark that got saved in the flood. Eight people saved. Are you here? <laughs> five, the number five, I was thinking about this the other day, number five is a number for grace. Do you know why? So many stones David picked up to take out that giant. He only used one. But five became the number of grace. 
All right, praise the Lord. I, my watch vibrated, so I'm, I guess I'm good. You all right this morning? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. <laughs> I love talking about the things and how, what God wants to do. Because the looking forward, faith is a forward-looking thing. We talk about faith. We're looking forward to the next thing. I, I, talk, I, I say it here. I says, uh, God has a next. There's something next. There's always something next. People get stuck in the now because they're not looking forward to the next. That's another sermon. Uh, but that, that's, that's a title right there, Jim. <laughs> anyway, but uh, I look, you know, always, always looking forward to that. But there's an enthusiasm and there's a zeal that's happening, going to happen even greater number, but it's going to happen in the body of Christ. And uh, we can, you can call it revival, you can call it whatever you want to. Basically, it's simple. There's one element to it. Okay, us leaning into God. God's the element. That's about it. And whatever it is, it, it plays itself out, it'll manifest itself as different, different things, and there's miracles. But it's something to look forward to. I said this for years, and I'll keep on saying it for all the years I've preached. I said this. I said, stop looking at the world. Look at what God's doing in the church. And number two, look at what Israel's, look at Israel. If you want to know what, the, what, what, what time and season you live in, look at Israel. I said, because basically, I said, they're right on mark, right on the calendar. Yeah. But, but what I look for the most is, okay, not how bad it's going to be, or are we going through the tribulation, okay, or, or, or when's the rapture going to happen? Uh, what we should be looking for is, Lord, where can we kick the devil in the booty next? We're still here. That means we have a job to do. We're still here. We have a service to do. Let's go kick the... I'm not talking about a church service. I'm talking about when we release and go out there. You are the salt of the earth. But when salt loses its savior, as Jesus said, it's not good for anything but being trodden underfoot. In other words, we're here to season the entire community. We're here to... to, to Get as many people into the kingdom as it will come. Praise the Lord. Amen. Okay, praise the Lord. Yeah, your hand up. I guess Jason's holding your other hand down. Oh, praise the Lord. You know, from this vantage point, I can see everything in the room. <laughs> My wife told me the other day, she says, you know, you're very, uh, a very observant person when I'm driving stuff like this. She says, you see everything. I says, well, well it comes from ministry. <laughs> Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. For all those who are watching by live stream, we thank God for you watching by live stream. But we pray this message has helped you build your faith and understand that the obedience and the faith is tied together. That was my goal this morning. And uh, Lord, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Help us to hear you better. That's, if we could do that and be willing to obey, that's it. That's the formula right there in the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you praise. We thank you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Hallelujah.